0: Welcome to Hardwood Group Chat, a podcast where we turn those iMessage rants into actual conversation. You're listening to episode six with Neil Bhattacharya, Karna Sarkar, and myself, Moyna Gangopadhyay. It's currently Tuesday night. NBA is in full swing, and the number of the day is 2,974. You guys know what that's good for?
1: I have no idea.
0: Come on. Steph Curry just broke the record. That's oh, oh, a Oh yeah. He, uh, he hit and surpassed it within the first few minutes of the Knicks game today. So making a, uh, you know milestone uh, career achievement there, probably the best shooter the NBA's ever seen. Um, although I, I can see Carno Carnal grimacing there a little bit, but
1: uh technicalities, but yeah, he's the greatest shooter, he's the greatest he's the offensive weapon in NBA history.
0: He is a weapon, he is Definitely. a weapon. Um, but a lot going on in the NBA as usual. Um, you know. Teams definitely stringing some wins together. Others are looking not so hot, a.k.a. the Pistons. Um, Lakers always bouncing back and forth, losing some real bad games. Uh, and then you got the Warriors or Suns who are just uh, humming along. So, Neil, Corno, what have you guys been watching this week?
1: Uh, well, go ahead, Neil. Pisto- I was just going to say the the Pistons are on a terrible losing streak. I'm sure Corno wants to address that. 12 game losing
2: streak it is absolutely ridiculous so there's the statistics I was, I was talking to neil about so in the history of the nba the worst field goal percentages by season have been by the 1998-99 chicago bulls the year after lebron or after uh jordan so it was a lockout season They got gutted. did you
0: did you just accidentally say lebron yeah in case yeah. of jordan was that a freudian slip right there
2: it was not a front. Uh-oh. All right. No, no, no. We were just talking about LeBron so much. No, no, no. People are listening to this. I hate LeBron still. I hate both of them. That's why. I hate both those players. So, um, yeah, the 98-99 Bulls, uh, they had a field goal percentage of 40.1%. The 98-99 Nets with Stephon Marbury are 40.6. This year's Detroit Pistons are 48408 po- percent And with the trade deadline coming out tomorrow, there are going to be a lot of trades. That Yellow you know, percentage is gonna get progressively worse. It's
1: going down. It is miserable
2: how bad we are. So I was high on open shots. Yeah. That's it.
1: And and the only guy that can make open shots, we're trying to we're probably gonna trade anyway. So what 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 do you mean? Jeremy Grant? He's Jeremy on the Grant. trading blog. Oh my
0: god, get out of here. Are you serious? Nope. The Lakers are rulers.
1: Run for him, yeah. It is so bad. Like, I
2: for the last six episodes, I've been talking about. Oh, oh, have hope in the Pistons. Have hope in the team. God, I have no more hope anymore, guys.
1: But one bright light, Kate has been playing really well in the last in that span. You know, yeah. he he is Kate. Look, we're the biggest Kate
0: supporters here, and he really lets the game come to him. He's really cerebral. The shooting percentages are not great still. No,
1: they're not.
2: That's not, not his great. fault
0: though. I'm you. You
2: showed me the Ringer podcast that were talking about Cade versus Evan Mobley versus uh, Scotty Barnes, who's better than Jalen Green. Uh, and it's not Cade's fault that he's not getting the opportunities.
0: Yeah, he's he's forced to make hard shots.
2: Give me one second, sorry guys.
1: Yeah, he is forced to make hard shots. He's also the only one that's like really shooting. I guess him and Jeremy Grant. Everybody else sucks.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely tough for them. But like, what do you think the chances are? And we're going to cover this in more detail uh, regarding the top three rookies over the last three years, Um, a lot of them being in the news recently. um, Anthony Edwards has been getting a lot of praise. Zion uh, continues to find, uh, in in an unfortunate circumstance, just can't get himself back on the court. Um, So we're going to talk about that later in the podcast. But just back to your point on on the Pistons' losing streak here, do you see us – Getting a, getting a number one pick potentially again
1: I don't see why not we I think we have the worst record in the NBA if not one of the worst <laughs> we could get a uh, that really uh tall lanky kid on Gonzaga Chet chat uh, Holmgren, Holmgren.
2: Yeah. yeah sorry guys
0: my uh my dog was going a little wild classic zoom <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, what, what else have you guys been watching around the around the week?
2: So I don't know if you guys cover this for the two minutes I was up, but um, there you know earlier we talked about Robert Sarver this year, where Robert Sarver was out because of some allegations of uh, misconduct. Another domino has fallen in that story with Neil Olshay, uh, the Portland GM, uh, being fired this past week. So Neil Olshay also had some allegations of workplace harassment. And uh, he was also a very bad GM. I mean, look at that player in the Trailblazers the last couple few years. They are awful, and it's not it's not the fault of Damian Lillard. They have great talent, but he's just bad. And so he's out. Um, they still didn't release a full report, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, I'm not going to make any judgments until I see that whole thing. But you know, I'm sure. And the worst thing is, he when he left, he just trashed Damian on his way out. So it is a. Uh, It's another domino falling in the in the in the world of NBA GM, so it's going to be interesting.
1: See where that leads. Teams are a little more uh, like aware of what they're saying in private and in public now, because it seems like there's no tolerance anymore. Yeah, and the, the the cameras are everywhere. The the recorders are everywhere, so
2: you have no idea.
0: Yeah, it's honestly wild. Like now, how much crazy stuff is on there? Like particularly TikTok, just like captures so many videos that like there's that one nfl player who um i forget i forget his name zach, zach stacy maybe the one yeah, yeah. who had the who, who was uh who had the domestic violence charge against him video is hard to watch like it's crazy how much stuff just gets on the internet nowadays i feel like it's yeah. more so in, in sports because people have uh you know have the platform and medium to to just broadcast it
2: yeah, I mean, remember when uh, D'Angelo Russell did that whole thing with uh, Nick Young and Iggy Azalea? <laughs> yeah,
0: that was hilarious. That yeah. was fun. Now it's <laughs> just that was bad. That was fun. Yeah, now it's just bad. I I, I completely agree. Man, Nick Young, what a guy! Really, yeah, swaggy uh, P. Yeah, really brought a, brought a lot of entertainment to the league. Nick so Nick cannon. <laughs> um. So wh- wh- where do you guys want to go? Uh, should, we, should we kick off a few of our topics for the week? Yeah, yeah. So what are our topics this week? Moynock, tell us about them. Yeah, so while you're gone, um, we're going to touch a little bit on the, the rookies, uh, the top three rookies of the last three classes, and then we're going to finish out the podcast um, and discuss the NBA fan experience. Um, Specifically so- what
2: Moynock said last podcast that I'm still not over.
0: <laughs> well, well, let's uh, let, let's 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 get to that in a second. So, on on the rookie front, uh, Anthony Edwards has been getting a lot of high praise recently in terms of his leadership on the court. Well, in, in some that. instances, in some instances, he's more of a vocal leader than than Cat is, and he's kind of a pick pick me up uh, with Cat. With and he, he's he's not afraid in his press conferences to 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 get his teammates all rallied and and um, just saying the right things. It's sign a lot of maturity for him. Um, he's had a lot of notable quotes. Um, I would say, and his play has just been incredible. He's a, he's a freak athlete, um, who, you know, is, is maybe once, you know, maybe a generational talent in terms of, in terms of his athleticism. Um, and, and then you got on on the other hand, you have Cade who, you know, who maybe is not the most athletic, but just his basketball IQ and, and his, and his size make him a really compelling pick. And then Last and then two years ago, uh, Zion Williamson, who had a plethora of highlights in college and even his first year, how dominant he was, can't find himself to get back on the court. Uh, and there's obviously been rumors and reports about his, his issues with his weight and how strict he's been in terms of getting on a getting on a regimented diet and and really taking his uh his his body um you know in, in, into good shape. Um, so I wanted to kick it off to you guys on where you see the, the, the potential number one picks over the last three years in terms of who has the best career outlook.
1: Right now now it's Edwards, but that's just, yeah. Let me ask you this,
2: both of you guys. So we've discussed the number one picks from the last three years. Are they even the best players in that draft for that year? So let's look at, um, 2019, the year of, um, Zion. Zion went first, John Moran went second. Then the next year, uh, 2020, which is last year, uh, Anthony Edwards went first. LaMelo Ball went second.
0: LaMelo went, went third. LaMelo uh, went third. LaMelo went third. Sorry. Yeah. James Wise went second.
2: second. And, uh, also, a
0: guy who's injured.
2: Yeah. James Wise. I mean, so LaMelo is, is like the other guy that's a very, um, you know, a, a, a figure that we could probably talk about here. And then this year's draft. So, you know, we're both, we're all Cade fans, but Cade went first. That guy that's really shitty on uh, Houston went second. who – yeah, Jalen Green. And then the third player is probably uh, Evan Mobley, the generational talent. So it's crazy to think like, all right, yeah, we have these three players. And I agree with Neil. Like Anthony Edwards is probably, as of right now, the trajectory is probably the best. But who has the best, who's going to be the best one in, in those draft classes? I-, I don't know if it's Anthony Edwards. It might be LaMelo. It might be Evan Mobley. Um, it might be Ja.
0: I used to think that. Zion was by far; he was probably the most um, exciting and hyped up player to come out of of college since uh, since Andrew Wiggins. Really, there was a ton, <laughs> there was so much hype. There was so much hype around around Wiggins. Um, Wiggins was probably had the most hype since like LeBron, honestly, when when all that was going on. Um, and, and now I think about Zion, and and I still believe that he's a dominant force. Like he he's basically a more nimble Shack that can hit the three and do and do a whole bunch of other stuff on the court, but his ability and, and his, his playing style, like, do you remember when he broke that shoe in Duke, when he literally just like stepped out of his shoe? Yeah. That's actually wild. Like that, that's just a testament to like how much force and torque he puts on his body when he's doing stuff Mm -hmm. on the floor. Um, I think, he, I think he has everything, and, and he should be by far the best player. It's just that he can't get back on the court.
1: His yeah, playing I mean, style is going kind to of injured a lot. It's just... Yeah, he's a bowling ball.
2: I
0: mean, when, when Moinock said nimble, uh, nimble Shaq, like, is he more nimble than Shaq right now? I, I don't know. I don't know. There was reports saying that he, he showed up weighing 330 pounds back to training
1: camp. Mm-hmm. 330 pounds! That's absurd. I hope that's not true. <laughs>
0: dude that's like wwe
1: that's like, yeah, like offensive
2: lineman weight yeah <laughs> for for context i think Shaq weighed 370 380 when he came in and zion's and shack was 7-1 zion's 6-8 yeah it's a lot it's of so mass ridiculous. so like all right go, going back to that zion draft so like yeah zion was supposed to be this most hyped guy and actually John ja moran had so much hype too I remember like when uh, Zion, when Ja Morant had that game, it was Marquette versus Murray State in the first round of the uh, mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. My whole work shut down. We went all went up to the bar to go watch that game because it was one of the most... And he had a triple-double in that game. It was ridiculous. Like This Ja Morant guy is absolutely So let me ask you this. Who's going to have a better career out of those two? Is it going to be Ja or is it going to be Zion? I honestly think, and I-, I-, I think I said that even earlier, I think Ja
1: might have a better yeah. career than Zion. I 100% agree. Not because he's necessarily actually their skill levels are comparable but because Zion can't stay healthy right now so well even if they stayed
2: healthy even if both of them stayed healthy so if Josh ja stayed healthy and Zion stayed healthy given the way the league is right now who's better like, who's gonna have a better career yeah it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a
1: guard league I
0: don't know if that's why I mean, not, yeah, it, I is, it, it is it is a point guard centric league I agree but there's so much weight on Zion's shoulders of, of just like New Orleans like he, he's like the biggest thing the Nollins, man the biggest thing to come out since like drew Brees, and i i honestly feel like zion has all the tools to just be a better player like think about think about as a defender too like zion can be a two-way player he can take over a game he's a wrecking ball jaw is great but he takes a lot of dumb shots too he does a lot he does a lot that you know that most point guards can't do but he also, you know, it's not like he's a game manager. He he's going to be the dynamic guy. Zion does that and has playmaking skills and can be dynamic on the defensive. And I I I would have thought that Zion is it. I'll tell you who's not in that contention:
1: RJ Barrett, because he went number three. He's actually pretty good though, but yeah. But he's
0: fallen off. He's had a sophomore slump. In a sophomore not slump, yeah. a sophomore
1: he's, slump. He's not under level. Yeah. This he did Yeah, this is a sophomore slump. Did he? You talk about junior slump. I'm talking about a junior slot. Yeah, 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 junior
2: slump. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, this was the year that he was supposed to really step up and take the weight off of uh, Julius Randall's shoulders, and like that's he's a big reason why the Knicks are are have fallen off so hard over the last Neil. few weeks. He's on COVID protocol right now, right, Neil? Yeah, he is. Yeah.
2: yeah. But um, and now uh, I R.J. Barrett like that. So th- th- we have these categories of generational talent, NBA All Star you Know good NBA player than role player, and RJ Barrett falls, I think, very squarely into that. Like, good role player, he's a great role player. Um, John Morant is an NBA all star, all star. -star. 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 Albeit, I mean, in the way the NBA is with the point with the pick and roll being such a critical point part of the game, and with John not developing that floater shot, um, I might put him in the generational talent, like creeping there. Zion was supposed to be the generational talent, he still is, he still is. I don't know. Like, I not, like I we talk about... I play in a while. Yeah. And when we talked last week, we were talking about... Or two weeks ago, we talked about the, the, the best big men. And Zion's supposed to be a big man, right? And you guys said Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, De, um, DeAndre Ayton. And what do these guys all have that Zion doesn't have? Height. Yeah. yeah like Undersi- and, and he's technically undersized he's undersized and if you're gonna have like the, the reason why undersized big men were so good was because the the oversized big men the normal size big men were lacking kind of i mean the years that uh draymond green were was great who was, who was another big man that could be compared to him at that time because they're all kind of lacked inside and in, you in, know in, in stature now with this big man generation coming back zion is not gonna he can't compete because there's a strong big man versus a less tall strong big man I mean, look, I, I think
0: I think he does clog like he could clog the paint, but it's not like he is going to be the center. He still is a small forward who can play the the LeBron mm-hmm. like Iguodala type type role where it's like kind of the point forward. Right. He, he can totally mold into that sort of player like I, he, this guy is a twenty six seven player with with 60 percent field goal percentage and thirty three percent three point percentage. That's pretty damn good for a small forward.
2: Yeah, 33% on, uh, I like how you bring the stats up because you're not going to speak, you're speaking my language here. But 33% on what sample size, though? It, Zion doesn't shoot, what, five to six three-pointers. He's, not a, high, he's not a high-volume
0: shooter. He's not yeah. a high-volume shooter. He shoots the three like any capable big man shoots the three, but he's too quick. He's quicker than any any big man on the block and and can, can take it to the paint that way. I think that's what's unique about him.
2: You mentioned something again during last pod that I, I'm going to use to counter against you here, too. Um, so, yeah, in the big man era... Um, you were talking about uh, Deandre Ayton guarding the five through the one. So yeah. now with Zion playing the perimeter, Deandre Ayton can now guard him. So now like you have a guy that has the speed of you and they can guard in the perimeter. And then there's like this guy Evan Mobley who is a generational defensive talent, and he can do the exact same thing. So like I, I just see this future as Zion when we when he came in in 2019. Yeah, we were so high on it because we just didn't realize the big man was going to make such a comeback now, and now they're back and Zion's gained his weight and kind of lost his edge like I I honestly think John Morant is gonna have a way better career I don't think Zion's in that talent group anymore I think Anthony Edwards and uh LaMelo and no Anthony Edwards and LaMelo I'm not gonna get too ahead of myself yeah they're gonna have a better career than him and Evan Mobley's gonna have a better career than him I don't know about Kate yet I'm still still getting there
1: Too early to tell yeah Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Two two great great players in that draft. Those those two are killing it. I, I mean, I think I think Lamelo is is great. He's fun to watch, but
0: he has a lot of like maturation to do. I, and he, yeah. he's on a he's on a team that you know it, it, it's up and coming. They they have good talent around him, but it's really up to him in terms of how far that he can he can take that team. Like I, I don't look to Lamelo to score twenty five points, but I think that's what he needs to become to be the best version of himself and be, and do the most for his team. I just don't see him doing that. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I, I totally agree with to the maturation point. Like Lomelo definitely is mature and I think he's too, too worried about this flashy passes versus actually, you know, getting the job done.
0: Yeah. You don't, but... you don't go, you don't win games by, by being a, a 12 and a 12 and 10, maybe 15 and 10 point guard, unless you're Steve Nash in the 2000s. I Unless need, you're I'm good, Nash. good. But, well, but, uh, what about uh, Chris Paul right now? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's I mean, that, that is a good point, but they just don't have enough firepower on the offensive end to Lomelo's, is Oh, whoa, Miles Bridges,
1: yeah, they do have one guy 20 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists a game.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's not bad. And if you look at the team that um, that uh, Charlotte has, like their point differential right now. I think they're on the positive side of that end. Um, oh no, I mean they're averaging 15, 115 points a game. That's Look, not bad. My that's only really high.
0: My only point is Lamelo needs to be more aggressive. He just needs to be more aggressive. That, that's that's my only knock on him.
2: His IQ could get a little bit better. I don't think his IQ is like there yet. But put like I mean, we're going to have um, free agency coming up in an, an upcoming year, and there's going to be a veteran free agent point guard that needs a team. So I'd say, all right, get rid of Scary Terry, put him on a team that, you know, could use a first-team point guard, and get, get a um, a veteran Patrick beverly ask or a, um, something that's in the Chris Paul era that can teach LaMelo. This is how it's supposed to go. Derrick Rose. I think LaMelo will get there. Plus, Michael Jordan needs to start giving him advice. I mean, Lavar said Le- Michael never gave uh, LaMelo advice or something like that.
1: <laughs> we all know he's a terrible owner. I don't think that will ever happen. Yeah, it's too busy.
2: Well, you'd think, like, I mean, I remember um Miles Bridges and uh, Michael kind of used to have this one-on-one thing. And then uh, Malik Monk, when he was there, he said Michael kind of gave him some stuff, though. I, there's the feud of LeVar versus uh, Michael that's
1: just never going to die. Yeah. It's funny, though. I like it's it's so
2: funny. Oh, LeVar Ball is such, such an idiot. TikTok Generation, <laughs> you've you screwed this one up for us. LeVar Ball is such an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: the guy... Yeah. I mean, he sent all three sons to the league pretty much, right? Two of not them are- Angelo, not Jello. No, 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 not Jello.
0: He, he, started- he got a 10 day contract yeah. in the G League. Yeah. Bro,
1: two of them Jello. are starters. Yeah. Right.
0: Although Caruso should be
2: over. Well, yeah. Caruso should be better. Oh, uh, anyway, more like uh, I know you, you want to also talk about this year's draft class and Kate Cunningham and how he compares. So tell us about uh, what you think about Cade versus Ant.
0: Yeah. Or, I mean- uh, versus the other two. Look, I I still think that Cade's ceiling um is as high as anyone in in, in, in last year's draft. Um, Evan Mobley, I, I just haven't watched his game as much, but I only hear good things about it. His, def- his defensive prowess and and look like I, I, people people say that Evan Mobley is clearly the front runner right now. Um, but I I want to compare one versus one, Cade versus Ant. Um, and from what I've seen from Anthony Edwards, I didn't wanna I didn't wanna like it at first, but the guy is a football player and basketball player playing basketball, uh, who's just miles above uh all the other players in terms of his 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 athleticism. And when you're at that athletic, your ceiling is as high as, as possible. It's as was Michael Jordan sings, is it's as high as the, the ceiling is the roof, yeah no sense i still
2: don't understand that it makes no sense
0: yeah. to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i guess long story short i think ant is probably the the front runner over the uh, as as you know the best player in the last three in the last three draft classes
2: i was listening to the podcast again the same way that you sent me moynock and there is a, a quote that uh, i found really interesting it is would you rather jump to the top floor of a building or just take the elevator up there if you're smart enough to know t- how to do that and so Anthony Edwards, yeah, he can jump. He, he has the athletic all the athleticism in the world and he can jump up out the building. Cade Cunningham is smart enough to know I don't need to jump. I can and Evan Mobley is a combination of both of that because he knows how to jump and he can he can just take the elevator because he's smarter. I think Cade Cunningham's like just brilliance, his IQ, uh, his defensive prowess, his his vision of the game that's not being really um Helped by Dwayne Casey right now, but Kate Cunningham's just a smarter player, and he's doing a lot more that you just don't see on SportsCenter right now than Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is dominating the highlight reels and dominating TikTok and the modern generation of NBA fans because Anthony Edwards is insane in terms of athletics. The guy, the dunk of the year last year was the Anthony Edwards dunk on was it Toronto. Or uh, who do you remember? He was, like on yeah, the baseline, yeah, just absolutely yeah, yeah. destroyed. Yeah, a
0: guy. and the windmill and the windmill this year was yeah. absolutely yeah, incredible yeah. too. Yeah, he 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 can do with that.
2: But all right, so that's two points regardless of what look whatever highlight it is. It's still two points. Fair. Uh Cade Cunningham, like yes, he's struggling on his shooting right now. He's struggling, but. He's preventing, like if you put Anthony Edwards on Cade Cunningham, Kate Cunningham's not going to let him score. He's going he's gonna to settle for a mid-range to, to three-point jumper because Cade Cunningham's a lengthy defender that Anthony Edwards doesn't really care about. Um, I don't know. I, I know you're saying Anthony Edwards is the highlight reel right now. He has the athleticism, but there's an IQ component here, and you just mentioned that with Lomelo, uh, but Cade has that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think Anthony Edwards can be as good as Donovan Mitchell, if not better. More a more consistent Donovan Mitchell.
2: Is Donovan Mitchell that
0: the, no? He can't make it out of like he can't make it to the the, the uh, prime time of the playoffs. I wouldn't put that on him. He still puts up numbers. Yeah, he still yeah, he still puts up gaudy numbers.
2: He is a defensive player of the year on this team, and he still can't do it. Really, really, that's a little <laughs> bit on him. And the sixth man of the year on that team. It's not a bad team.
0: It's not. It's not. But we'll see. So I think this is going to take us to the second part of our conversation today on the fan experience. So, Karna, do you want to yes. take it from so, here?
2: So let me, let me ask Neil a question because I asked Boynock this and uh, very disappointed with the results. Neil, if the Pistons played, so the Pistons are your favorite team, right? Like this oh.
1: current Pistons. See, see, see! Oh do you my God! See this Are we serious? Oh my God! Do you see
2: where
0: this conversation is or
2: just, going? Just, just, finish the question. The Pistons, the Detroit Pistons, as of, as a team, doesn't matter if it's <laughs> year, last deal. year, ten years Thank ago.
1: You.
2: Is the Detroit Pistons your favorite team? Oh
1: yeah, they'll always be my favorite team. <laughs> there we go. If they played your, your yeah, favorite players, LeBron, right? If they no, if they it doesn't matter who they play, I'll always root for them. Okay, all right. So I asked Mornock that question last week, and Mordock said.
2: If the Detroit Pistons are playing LeBron and his Lakers, he'd want LeBron to beat the Pistons. Hell no, I would want
0: the Lakers to get swept. Come on, <laughs> it was <laughs> no classic no, no. talk. No, yeah. that that's not that's, that's not what was asked precisely. Clarify, I asked, what you said, then. I asked a clarification that it depends how are the Pistons doing that year. If if they're a four and twenty team like they are today. The win is more valuable to the Lakers because they're in the playoff hunt and LeBron needs to chase greatness. But it's your out. favorite team. It's your favorite team that's playing your favorite player. What what does being four and tw- being five and twenty and four and twenty-one do? It changes nothing. You're you still... beat the king. NBA games don't matter like that. They oh, don't they God. they don't matter like that in the regular season. So so to me, yeah, sure. I want them to give them a great fight and you know, maybe build some confidence so they can string some wins together after that, but I want. I want the king to get his wing. But that's, oh my
1: god! Anyway, regular so, season doesn't matter for the Lakers either. It's all relative.
0: Yeah, they're just gonna I be a the
1: play-in. They're gonna get in the play mean, and and lose in the first round. I run mean, of the I mean, happen. it's important right now. It's important right now. These these wins are important for the Lakers. I'll see, we'll, we'll see what's important after the trade deadline. But yeah.
2: Anyway, the reason why I asked that question is, the the generation of NBA fans from when I was growing up to now has drastically shifted. And I, I want to say when Moynock and Neil were growing up, although Moinock clearly is is in its new new James generation that's very depressing to the fan base. <laughs> but, um, you know, the average NBA player, or the average NBA fan right now, so if, if you go around and ask a bunch of NBA fans, I haven't done this uh, poll, but if you did, I guarantee that the average NBA fan follows a player more than they follow a team. So Moinock, you follow LeBron James, you follow Dwayne Wade, actually. Yeah. Absolutely. Like when he went from uh, Miami to Cleveland, back to Miami, Chicago. Chicago a little bit. Yeah. And that was your guy. You follow LeBron from Cleveland to Miami to L.A. and Destruction followers him wherever. But you follow that guy. Neil, I mean, I'm sure you're a fan of L.A. I mean, you are a fan of L.A. right now uh, because LeBron went there. So you're following that uh, that player around. That, to me, is a little bit of blasphemy just because when I grew up your favorite player is always on your favorite team whereas right now I don't really have a favorite player my favorite player is Cade Cunningham probably because that's the best player on our team um but even growing up like Moynak who's your favorite player uh in 2003 2003 probably Rip Hamilton okay okay yeah Rip Hamilton and their favorite team was Detroit Neil who was your favorite player in 2003
1: Anyone on the Pistons, you just blindfold and pick one.
2: Okay. So that generation, you think about that, like like as growing up and my dad's favorite player when he was uh, watching basketball was uh, sadly Michael Jordan, but that's just because, and he's, he's stuck with Michael though, throughout the time. Um, but if you think about it, like we followed our favorite team and the favorite player was going to be on that team. There are a couple issues as to why this is happening. First thing is I'm going to pl- blame it on LeBron James. LeBron James is such a generational talent and he's such a good player
0: that and off the, off the court too. Yes. And no,
2: yes. And no, he's a great humanitarian, but he, he sticks his nose into business station. Okay. That's, that's a, that's also true. And he's a little bit of a drama queen. He's a bit, he's a a big drama queen. Anyway, uh, my, my goal is not to hit on LeBron that much here, but LeBron James, when he made that decision in 2010 fan bases kind of were torn because you're saying, all right, I could support my team that's a losing team now, Cleveland Cavaliers, or I could root for this team over in Miami and still face a see my favorite player play. And that, distro- in my opinion, destroyed the NBA. Before, the, before that year, I think uh, NBA fans were a player based fan base or, or a team based fan base. Sorry, I'm mixing up my words today. But the NBA fans were a team based fan base. And then after LeBron made that decision, it became a player based league. So that was the first thing. The second thing was Twitter. Twitter became a thing. And then, I mean, we just talked about LeBron being a little baby on Twitter, but some people like that. LeBron being a great humanitarian, LeBron getting involved and having his voice heard. People like that and they'll rather follow their favorite NBA player wherever they go. So, for what better or worse, blame
1: mostly on just the way the league has changed. Like,
2: that was the third thing. It's the contracts of the league. Yeah. So, so the now the league, so if you think about your favorite teams, like let's say LA, how many players on LA, that this LA team were on that team two years ago? Almost none of them. Almost none of them. Yeah. How many players on the Pistons? The Pistons are a completely new team. I still root for the Pistons because I'm an old head, but the Pistons are a completely new fan or a team than two years ago. So it's very hard to root for a team because with that turnover rate. Who are you yeah. gonna root for?
0: Yeah, totally. Look, like after after two thousand eight, the sec after we traded Chauncey for for Iverson, mm-hmm. and then all the dominoes started falling. We got rid of Rip Tayshaun stayed, but we got we lost Ben, Rashid. I mean, that your entire team just turned over, right? And mm-hmm. now you have to a new team and all these new faces. And when they're not winning games, it's hard to, it's it's hard to. Be as loyal as a fan. So what people resort to is because the NBA is so player-centric and it's about one player chasing his legacy. Right now, it's Giannis. Right, Giannis just single-handedly kicked the son's ass, and now he's chasing greatness. and, and it's it's entertaining to watch, and fans love it, and Milwaukee's loving it. People around the country are loving it. That's kind of what happened with me when LeBron went to went to Miami. And it, 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 your your entire views change because now you're you're stuck watching Rodney Stuckey try to develop when when you got LeBron uh, and Wade teaming up in, in Miami. You know it, it, it's it's just a very different complexion for for the league. So
2: yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, players just everywhere, and then the contracts just you don't allow them to stick around because they're just chasing their own individual journeys. And then and the last thing is like you know. Players, because the, the again we talked about Twitter and how their their fan base is kind of globalized. Like they don't need to have that loyalty to city anymore because they're gonna have their same fans regardless of where they go. Like I'm sure Easy. LeBron's fans are the same fans in Cleveland, Easy money in sniper.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah Ke- Kevin Durant, who I didn't even mention, but that guy was the uh, you know the quintessential uh, turncoat going to whatever team is gonna help his legacy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I mean, he went to the team that he lost. Three games in a row to in the Western Conference Finals the year before. Yeah, that's snake and then goes. one and then one two and then one two. But the crazy thing, like, if he did
2: that in the generation like the early 2000s or 90s, he would have been like beaten yeah. up in the league. He would have been like flagrant fouls everywhere in Kevin Durant. And you know, people look at Kevin Durant now for better or worse. Like he's still a great player, still a favorite. He's the, the best.
1: Leagues. He's the he's best. still right the best.
2: Now. And people, they, no one really holds a grudge anywhere besides Russell Westbrook. Not many people really hold a grudge against him. Like except for Westbrook, yeah. Except for Westbrook and me, not many people don't really care. Uh, but let me ask you this: So um, I know I've, I've talked about a lot of problems with the NBA fan base, but um, so Neil, would you rather have LeBron win his next championship or Detroit win a championship? What would you rather prefer,
0: Detroit, Detroit, Detroit? No, even Detroit. even more like
2: Detroit. A turn Detroit. Even, Detroit. even the Kevin Durant of our of our podcast here said Detroit.
0: <laughs> uh yeah. but yeah. So I told you, it's situational, man. Zero situational. four and twenty is not the same as being 56 and whatever 26 well, they're not 56 and they're right now at like 14 and 15 15 and 14 15 no, and I'm talking about the pistons I'm talking about the pistons if, they, yeah. if they're a 50 win team then yeah the marbles are in I'm 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 screaming the the blue and red Okay but like
2: so you have left the team and came back or you might come back I don't I don't think I'll accept you but how do we fix this how do we go back to because I think this is a problem. I honestly think that the NBA is not a better place because if you think about it, this is the reason why I say this unless you're watching two superstars play in the, in the, in the arena, your, your arena is not going to be filled up. No, it's not. Because, right. like, and as, as a fan of the Detroit Pistons and a, a patron son of the city of Detroit, I, I take pride in having a lot of sellouts in my league, having my city you know, be economically all right having uh, that fan base, you know, turn out regardless of the situation because, you know, they love that team. And we had that growing up. We had a great fan base. We had a record number of sellouts, even when we struggled. I mean, our team was not great. 2001, it was okay. 2000, uh, 2000, it wasn't great, but the palace still sold out because that's how much the city of Detroit uh, loved the Detroit Pistons. Now you can barely, like I can go online and find a $20 ticket lower bowl, for the Detroit Pistons game because that team can't sell out because of this. The the fans have left as the athletes have left, and I, I want I want this to fix. So how do I how do we fix this? I like I'm actually asking like how do we go back to help our city,
1: help our our fan base, keep this thing. It won't. The players have too much power, which is good for them, but yeah. is it good for the league?
2: If and the t- league includes the fans. You know, I mean, owners. I really, we don't really care about them, but like the fans, the city. Is it, is it better off that the players have this much power where the cities are suffering?
1: I don't know if they're suffering yeah I don't know if the city is
0: suffering exactly but but Sacramento
2: is, is, is like they don't even want their own team they had to like it, it was ridiculous like they almost uh lost their their city they almost had to relocate because that, that like no one's there they, they're like flade and his crew are doing so bad we don't even want to have this team in our city that's 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 suffering
0: fair um i don't know it's a money problem right like when the media when when the players voted to increase the salary cap due to the big tv rights that they signed with tnt and 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 espn in in what 2015 that paved the way for kevin durant to go to sign with the warriors yeah yeah that was like a really big that was a really big deal in itself Mm -hmm. because that just shifted all the power to the players right now now they can go wherever they want um the the games become more global um so countries you know prefer certain players and and you know some teams have a, a big allegiance i'm sure Greek, i'm sure greece loves the bucks like mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's just become so player centric and i think we, we all agree with that but you know it, it's very hard to build a team like the pistons did in, in 2004 um from the ground up where you have a bunch of Non superstar players who come together and play good basketball. I mean, the closest thing that we've seen to that was probably the Raptors uh when they beat the Warriors, and it was kind of kawaii that that oh, that did. There's it. also the Bucks.
2: I mean, the Buck kind of did it. They, I mean, Giannis is a homegrown talent. Uh, yeah, Chris Middleton yeah. was a Detroit guy, but he he was a Detroit G League. Yeah, that team. is homegrown.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. That is homegrown talent. So I I don't think the league is flawed. I I I just think that we're on the bad end of a really long and miserable drought i don't see this is where i disagree
2: this is where i disagree a little bit and i'm gonna go back to that so yes you're right it's a player centric it's a it's a player centric league players have all the power but in our day i know we had ben wallace leaving us for the chicago but before that you would never see kobe bryant leave the lakers he uh, there was a trade for him and rip but he would never do that regardless of where his
1: team was awful go ahead neil okay they were bad. They had a drought, but they also won five championships. The Lakers? Kobe.
2: Yes, but, but yeah, think about that time period, though. Like It was a
1: decent amount of time he
2: was out, and, and that's the one example. Yeah. Dirk Nowitzki. Never would have, I mean, that team went through a lot, and that team, Dirk never just dreamt to lead. Yeah.
0: Loyalty, lo, loyalty was Loyalty's was gone,
2: deeper. and I, that's the problem. I think, like, the, the, the fabric of the players now, because of all these elements, and you know LeBron is the leader of this. I, I'm I honestly I'm blaming him for a little bit of this because LeBron made it so that hey, let's gold chase for championships around and gold chase for a, a team thing. And I know he came back to Cleveland and did it, but he already set the precedent that you can leave now. And because LeBron is the leader of the people, it ruined. I think that that set up for the ruin because now after him, then KD had to leave. Then um, you know Chris Paul, even though he didn't really want to leave. Uh, kind of left, um, then you have all these players that just decide. All right, let's go chase our own individual legacies. And Giannis, I'm glad Giannis is here, and Jokic is here, and they have yeah. Donovan Mitchell that are yeah. they're kind of trying to hold it down. But it they're they're, they're the minority here, and you're not just, wrong.
0: You're not wrong about anything you said. You're not wrong.
2: I, I think it's a major but problem I don't with blame, the
0: NBA. I don't blame LeBron, dude. I don't blame LeBron for leaving. He came back and won a championship for Cleveland i'm blaming him because fight. i hate it but like yes it's not it was a good thing for him and if you want to see greatness
2: and in individual if we're really thinking about you know we want to see nba because we want to see these individuals do great things yeah great thing lebron did for that but yeah. basketball is a team sport we're here to watch our team we we bleed for the city i mean if lebron loves cleveland so much
1: but on the other stay. hand he wants to leave his own mark in the nba right so he's gonna do what's selfish
2: what maybe that means being selfish yeah Anyway, so this is something to think about. I think, like, uh, uh, whoever's listening to this, I, I encourage you, like, to think about how can we improve this uh, the NBA for the fan experience. If you're a fan of L.A. or Boston or New York or Brooklyn, then uh, clearly it doesn't matter to you because you're just taking all the talent and yeah. it's fine for you. But, you know, for a small market team, for a grassroots team, for, you know, I, I'm still, even though I live in Chicago and Chicago is doing this right now with are stock up of talent, I'm still going to love Detroit. And, you know, for a small market team, uh, for a real fan base, think about it how can we help bring our, like bring these favorite players back to our city and have them stay there? How can we have the Giannis in uh, Milwaukee? So just, that's my school. Uh, you know, I mean, that's why body. we're
0: so, that's why we're so invested in Cade, right? Well, this is that that's, this is the exact reason he, he could change the complexion of our franchise. We think,
2: I mean, we had that same thought with Andre Drummond, which this guy's like a rebound phenomenon and, uh, Turns out he was kind of shit. Um, we had that with. I uh, mean, we, we brought in Allen Iverson, thinking, "Hey, this guy can make his home here and
1: make it make it ours." But well, we haven't had like a like a like a good draft pick in a while. We had Chris Middleton. Yeah, but not. not it's
2: there, he he wasn't like Cade. Well, I mean, Neil, I think I'm sure you're going to talk about this in the pod in the future, where the Pistons' historical draft selections of not picking Donovan Mitchell's or Giannis's or what not uh devin Bookers a lot of so, it yes. it, but yeah we've missed a lot but it, it's yes it's on the fan it's on the GMs but it's also on the NBA fans to kind of welcome like think about la la was awful before L- uh, LeBron went there but I mean it is la but he wanted to go there Miami yeah they have tax but it's not really a place you can you know there's not much besides just great beaches hot woman and uh party it's not like a uh it's not a perennial NBA city mm. per se and LeBron went there um i don't know It's just something to think about like how how can the nba fan experience be better for the teams yeah but that that was me ranting about how i'm, I'm still an old head with fans and moynock is a a, a kevin durant um,
0: <laughs> snake hey, I, over here hey 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 <laughs> hey all good food for thought and wel- welcome the welcome the healthy debate
2: <laughs> anyway um yeah but that's uh i think that's our pod moynock anything you want to add
0: No, uh, look out for uh, NBA Christmas Day coming back with a full slate of games. Uh, We'll probably have a lot to cover and preview next week on that. Um, Yeah.
2: Uh, So, guys, let me ask you this. I mean, we can talk about this live, but do do you guys want to do one more episode before the uh, NBA Christmas season, or do you guys want to take a break till after the holidays?
0: I say we can do a quick uh, little holiday podcast to to Mm preview preview uh, the Christmas games and then week because those matter i will say those games matter uh they're they're probably one of the few games that matter during the regular season um and then uh you want to rev up the uh trade machine
1: yeah
2: yeah so our trade deadline is in january i think it's uh when is the trade deadline
1: Like mid-january i think is it right
0: before the all-star game february is it feb Uh, um, i
1: think
2: february like the first week of february is the all-star oh no boy that's right uh thursday february 10th is the all-star is the trade deadline
0: it's a so, lot of um, NBA 2K dynasty mode right
1: there. Long
0: time away. Yeah. Have you guys played the new 2K, by the way?
2: Um, no, I heard it's great, though. Uh, I have it. I played it a couple of times. Um, first, let me say this. Kade is an absolute machine in that game. Kade <laughs> Cunningham can do everything in that game. It's unbelievable. Uh, but 2K, come on, guys. Improve your shit. It, like, the whole the whole dynasty mode is awful. I have no idea what I'm doing on both systems, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. No idea what's going on. <laughs> like, Jesus, guys, 2K11 was great. Go back to that. Man. And also, stop being so racist with the, the pictures. I have to try to import my face and it's awful. I look terrible. I don't want, I don't look like a terrorist. Face? Yeah, you can import <laughs> your face. I'm not trying to look like, like Saddam Hussein over there. Come on, <laughs> man.
0: man. <Wow>.
2: Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, 2K, do better. Uh, trade deadline. Uh, so, yeah, big thing to come up tomorrow. Um, 106 players will be eligible for trades. So expect a Ben uh, Ben Simmons trade, Damian Lillard potential trade in the next few weeks.
1: John Wall, baby. John Wall. Hit yep. the John Wall. Nobody wants him, but he will get traded.
2: <laughs> I, I, I mentioned this to Morinak like last time.
1: John Wall
2: for Kyrie Irving. I think it's a Just brilliant it. thing. Just Houston, do it. Uh, Kyrie goes to Houston where he can actually play without being vaccinated. And then uh, John Wall gets to resurrect his career in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have to do anything. He just takes the ball up, be fast when he needs to, and then just let James Harden do his thing.
2: Yeah. Think about that, Neil. It's a good think one. It.
0: Yeah, think about it.
2: Anyway, a lot to cover.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. See you next yep. week. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter
1: if you haven't done so, on Harvard GC, And uh, we'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.